Among the varieties of weirdness, queerness, and generally odd ways of being human that are strenuously proposed in these times is transhumanism. Without going into much detail about it, nor being too concerned to represent its tenets too accurately, I'd say that it's the zealous attempt to bring human beings to the next level of existence, whereby not only is the body to be refabricated in all its parts as a kind of bionic man, but also the human intelligence digitalized, such that it becomes a kind of supercomputer, functioning in a manner superior to the way our weak human brains do their thinking. Without further ado, over this shocking expression of superbia, a species of arrogant pride, hitherto unknown to mankind, I wish, in high relief, to make a reference to today's gospel on Septuagesima Sunday, an invitation to think about our obligation to serve God in a manner befitting our divinely intended purpose in having been created. Go into my vineyard, commands the paterfamilias, or master, head of the household. The acknowledgement that each one of us has been sent into this world in order to labor for his master, who, in the end, will render to each one according to his works, is a refreshing draft of reality, a sobering tonic to arouse us out of the stupor of our intoxicating delusions about ourselves. We are creatures of God's making, and we belong to him as his property. Merely to assert this truth, so obvious to any rational person, has come to be regarded as quaintly, oddly passé, out of date, the relic of an antiquated anthropology. Without further comment on the wild fantasies everywhere being proposed for our acceptance in this mad world, I want to bring us back to the simple and fundamental truths of our existence as creatures of God who have been given a mandate from our Maker to go into the vineyard, to do a particular work in this world in fulfillment of His divine will. That we are His creatures, we hear from Isaiah, You, O Lord, are our Father. We are the clay 
and you are the potter. We are the work of your hands. An echo of which is found in Ephesians. We are his handiwork, created in Christ to lead the life of good deeds. That we have a God-mandated work to do in this life is indicated by the gospel parable. Our Lord imposed on us the precept to serve him, go into my vineyard. It's a command that we must receive with submission, surely, but also with love. We are servants of a benevolent divine master in whose service we must do whatever pleases him. This follows from our belonging to him entirely. He formed us in all our parts, body and soul. Therefore, we are his property, and we do not belong to ourselves. I'm reminded of this every Sunday in the morning office. Know that the Lord is God. He made us, and not we ourselves as the Vulgate phrases it. From this it follows that if our being belongs to God, all our actions ought to belong to Him, just as the revenues of capital belong to their owner. God created us for no other end than to serve Him, because there is no other end worthy of God. Therefore, to be self-seeking or to pursue created things as our end and goal of life is to commit a kind of theft. God ought to be on our minds in all our acts and in all our speech. Our feet ought to take us where he wills us to be. Our hands ought to be employed in his work. Our eyes should look upon what he wills us to see. Our hearts to love what he wills. Our health, strength, our time ought to be put to use only as God wills them to be. Reminding ourselves that we are creatures of God helps to put our lives in the context of divine providence and makes us better accepting of our state and position in life. Therefore, whether we're in one condition or another, in suffering or in comfort, in wealth or in poverty, we have no right to complain. God is the master, and he can do as he pleases. And we ought always to find that what he has ordained for us is good. This kind of talk shames us when we would think of ourselves 
more than of God, when we would work more for ourselves than for Him, when we would love ourselves more than we love God. We forget that He is our end and that we must live only for Him rather than think that we are our own end or refer everything to ourselves, to our comforts, our tastes, our wills. Religion recalls us from this illusion. If we turn ourselves away from our true end, we compromise our salvation, our eternity. Good St. Paul, a valiant hero for all who cherish the service of Christ, could say in truth that at near end's life, he had run the race and fought the good fight. A hard-earned life's accomplishment, which, however, necessitated what he termed the punishment of his body to bring it into subjection. What insulting, obsequious language this is to those who have set their hopes on concocting an imaginary technological superman. Our faith cuts our ego down to its rightful, lawful size and makes us come to heel at our master's side. Lent is soon to begin. And we're given this preparatory period to form now some thought of what we might do in the holy season a time to reassert our contingence, our dependence upon God, and to search for ways to make our lives more conducive towards His good pleasure.